Greetings and welcome to Worthy Radio. I'm your host, Shannon Yvette. I believe one of the greatest gifts we give ourselves and those we love is the beauty of our own wholeness. When we focus on the inner work of our soul, the outer world will transform. I am honored to be on this sacred and transformative journey with you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Worthy Radio. I am your host and your partner on this spiritual growth journey, Shannon Yvette. And today we are talking about how comparison curses your calling. That's harsh, right? How comparison curses your calling. And then I put it like a little side note. (laughs) Don't let social media rush you. Um, Because I think we are living in a time that we have to be so strategic and so aware of what is influencing us and that we're not reacting and being driven by culture, but that we are responding in alignment with our calling. I don't want to be driven. I want to be called. And if I am driven, it has to be by my calling, not by external expectations of a society that is not always getting things right, right? And so we are living in a time like none other where there is the ability to compare who we are with other people. God bless our children coming up in this world where they have to see all of this and take in all of this. God bless their minds. This is a lot, right? And so the quote of the day is Yanla Van Zandt who said, comparison is an act of violence against the self. That's pretty deep. I, you know, I looked up the word curse because I was like, Lord, that's kind of harsh. You know, why is this the title? <laughs> how compare? Because I changed it. How comparison compromises your calling? How comparison hurts your calling? And it was like, no, comparison curses your calling. So I had to stick with that. And being a researcher and a reader, I wanted to look up the word curse. And so I did. And it really is the opposite of the word bless. It is the opposite of the word blessing and advantage. And when you think about what the root of the word blessing means, we say it all the time. Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Oh, God bless you. But really the root of blessing means influence with man and power with God. So it's the power of God that gives you influence. That's the blessing, right? If you're blessed, you're saying that you have power and influence. So the opposite of that is curse, which means it disempowers me and it limits my influence because I'm actually comparing my life to somebody else's. Oh, I'm so outside of my lane. I love the work of Byron Katie when she says, there's only three lanes in this world, your lane, God's lane, and the other person's lane. And you know that you are out of your lane because you will lose your peace, right? When I get in God's lane and I start trying to control things that I have no control over because I'm not sovereign, I'm not omnipotent, you know, uh, I lose my peace because I'm out of my lane. When I get into her lane or his lane and I'm looking at their life and trying to fix their life or, you know, do all these things and, uh, or even compare my life to their life, I lose my peace because I'm out of my lane. The only lane that we have control over is ours. And so when you think about the curse, we're not speaking about voodoo or hoodoo or evil eyes or any of that. It's simply when we compare our gifts, our life, our beauty with somebody else's, we are denouncing and diminishing who we are in comparison, right? Because we are filtering our sight through the filter of unworthiness. Anytime you are looking at somebody else, trust unworthiness is in, is in the mix. 
Because unworthiness will tell you that you're missing something, that they have something that you don't. Unworthiness will make you drink the Kool-Aid and actually believe that everything you see online is true. I remember years ago, this woman inboxed me and she started off the inbox message with, I hate you. And then she said, nah, just kidding, but you look so damn happy with your your attractive husband and your Barbie doll-like family. And we did have that look. We had the Barbie doll, Ken and Barbie look with the cute kids. And I, you know, I said, Lord, can I, can, 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 can I rock her world real quick? And I wanted to respond back to her, um, honey, I just got up off the floor from four hours of crying because this this thing that you are jealous of and hating me for is cracking my soul apart and I'm about to walk away from it right now on the outside because I had a relationship platform and I wanted so badly for everything in my marriage to transform to a place to where it could be what I thought it needed to be or what we thought it needed to be Anytime there was anything good that happened between us, I would put it out there. Oh, we did this. Oh, we went to the movies. Oh, he opened my door for me. You know, sometimes people are trying to convince themselves, right? Especially when it's extra, when it's a whole lot of, oh, I'm so in love. Oh, I'm so this. I'm so, listen, if power has to tell you it's power, it's not power. You should just feel power. If you got to keep telling me you're in love, then maybe you need to, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so I was trying to convince myself. I was doing everything I could to hold it together at that point and when she inboxed me that I hate you because of how you look I said Lord it's I gotta I gotta but I didn't do that I just sent her back and said you know what I'm going through some things privately and you know I try to highlight the best things in my relationship but uh, nothing is perfect my old friend um, used to have this this statement that she made called follow them home follow them home right If you were to follow your enemy home, if you were to follow somebody that you don't even like home and you could see what they are privately struggling with, you would have compassion for them because every man is facing a private battle. No matter what it looks like in public, all of us are dealing with something that makes life what it is. Part of it is the struggle. Part of it is the messiness. Part of it is our own healing journey and learning how to be who God has called us to be. And yet we are looking at things on the outside in social media. We are falling into the frequency of a culture that is about fear and loss. If you don't hurry up and do it, you're going to lose something. If you're not on top, you're on bottom. You know, there's this competitive dog eat dog, Western uh, male patriarchal hustle that's happening. And that is not how we create as women. And for those who are conscious and evolving, that's not how we create period, male or female. We create by receiving divine information, revelation, wisdom, and we take that and then we start to create with the master. We do not compete with the masses. Repeat after me. (laughs) I create, I co-create, I create with the master. God is the master artist. I don't compete with the masses. You know, I used to say that common women compete, but queens create. Why would I compare my life to her? She has not cried my tears. She has not spoken to God in the way that I have. She has not had my same experiences. She doesn't have my same spiritual DNA. She does not have my bloodline. She does not have my ancestry. 
Her grandmothers didn't pray for her the way they, my grandmothers prayed for me, right? There is nothing in our being that is anything worthy of comparison. Our thumbprints are different. God has numbered the, the hairs on our head is different, right? There is nothing that is alike except for a desire to live with the freedom that only purpose and calling and showing up in the fullness of who we're called to be will bring. So another clue that we can take when we're comparing ourselves is maybe we aren't showing up in the fullness of our calling. Maybe we can put a little spin here on envy and jealousy and use it to say, if I'm getting upset, because I see her standing in her fullness, is that a reflection that I'm not? I remember years ago, um, we were walking our dog Waffles, who has now gone on to be with the Lord, my precious pup. And we were walking by uh, this gate and we look, we let Waffles be off leash. Um, he's a yellow Labrador and he's super, play- he was so playful and like, you know, big, big old fat kid because he's huge. Um, and so he was just running around off leash and there was this pit bull in this backyard. It seems so cartoonish and typical that it was the pit bull that was chained to a stake, but he was, <laughs> he was chained to a stake in his backyard. And when waffles pranced on by this dog was so irate. And so he ran towards the gate and just like on the cartoons, his chain snatched him back And when I got home being, you know, the teacher that I am, we get messages out of everything. I was like, Lord, that's a message. I was like, Waffles was free because he was roaming by that gate free. His freedom reminded that pit bull of his chains. And so I went on (laughs) to the whole video, like, don't let my freedom remind you of your chains. Right. And so sometimes when we see another woman's freedom, when we see another man's empire, we are reminded of our chains. And instead of it inspiring us to say, well, wait a minute, if they're walking around free, if they're doing what makes them better than me? God is not a respecter of persons. God respects work. God respects creativity. God respects ingenuity and service. And so we increase as we serve others. But if I'm looking at you and I'm comparing my life to you, I'm doing a disservice to everybody in my family lineage. I'm doing a disservice to myself. I am insulting my creator, right? But if I have a moment where I slip up, hey, this is the world. We are prone to a host of emotions. And some of us are more prone to jealousy and envy than others. Just like some of us are more prone to anger or worry. We can't always control some of these things that pop up, but we can absolutely start to take authority over them and walk with a greater wisdom and respect for our own journey. I'm not gonna disrespect my journey by comparing myself with your journey. My journey is not yours. I remember years ago, um, I had one of my teaching partners, Dr. Sandra Steen, come on and do, um, and really a radio podcast. Um, I came onto her radio podcast and she was talking about the four hidden um, signs of hatred among women. And it was called... um, it was called the four signs of hate, hidden hatred among women. So, you know, everybody was listening to this. And so I'm like, oh, I'm good. I don't I can't relate to any of these. I love seeing my sisters winning. You know, I'm surrounded by beautiful women. I'm surrounded by successful women. All my friends are winning. Like, I just believe in that winning energy. I want to be around it. Right. I read the quote, you become the five people you hang out with. So I'm like, no, my crew is winning. My squad is doing it. And then she started going through the four stages. And of course, the hidden hatred among women was jealousy. 
And so when she starts going through the stages, I'm like, nope, that's not me. And then she got to stage number three. And you know how God will get you when you think you've arrived. And he's like, no, baby, not yet. You still got a little bit more growth to go. Because she said one of the stages of envy, hatred, jealousy, whatever we could call a comparison is that you actually look at somebody else and what they have and you judge them as not worthy of having it. And I was like, uh-oh, because a dear friend of mine a few years uh, earlier had kind of come out of nowhere and started a blog. And it was like overnight her blog blew up. I'm talking about within like six weeks, she was doing um, TV shows, she was on the news. And I remember sitting and having a little moment, like the prodigal son's brother. I was like, Lord, why did you? I asked God why. <laughs> and whenever you say why, you know you're judging, right? I knew I was judging because I was like, well, I've been out here, you know. <laughs> You know how we get trying to manipulate. I was like, I've been out here doing all this stuff. And why did she get to? And then, you know, I I had this reverence hit my heart because it was like, you don't know what it cost her to get there. You don't know what it cost her. You don't know what it cost her great grandmother. You don't know what it cost her mama. You don't know the seeds that have been sown in her life. You standing on holy ground. Now you comparing yourself with one of my daughters. And so I was like, ooh, like I felt a reverence. I felt like, uh-oh, y'all shouldn't be doing this, right? But I, I judged her as unworthy of the blessing that God gave her. Who am I to judge another woman as unworthy of something God saw fit to give her? And I told her. I actually called her and confessed. I was like, girl, I had a little moment where I felt this. And I was like, God convicted me. And he was like, I don't know what you've been through. And then she started to tell me. And I sat there with such reverence when she didn't have to tell me. She just was kind and understood that sometimes as women, we struggle, you know, and she was like, Shannon, you know, let me, she's like, did you know this? Did you know that? And she started listing things, including a very real bout that she had with an illness that she thought was going to take her out. And I remember sitting there feeling like, oh my gosh, like she paid for this. It was purchased, right? And I have no right to to say to God that he made a mistake in blessing her. And so I just remembered of making a point right then and there that if I find myself in that mode of my eyes rolling over to somebody else or looking at what they have, stop. Another thing that happens in this culture is that we get into a rush We feel like we're competing against time and that we're going to miss out on something. Listen, uh, again, I'm like a turtle. (laughs) It's like the quote, I'm like a turtle. I go slow, but I always win. I go slow, but I always win. Because when you rush, you miss truth, right? And there is something to cultivating strategy before just leaping out there. And I believe in urgency, move now, I'm creating every day, every day. I have my day today is jam packed with things that I'm creating tomorrow, all day, the next day, all day. It's just creative mode, creative, creative, but I'm not pressed. I remember being in the frequency of this world. I remember when I lived in this world by the frequency of it, I was stressed. I always felt like my adrenaline was on crack. You know, what was I rushing and running after? I don't know, Uh, but I did think I was going to lose something or miss out on something. And so at the beginning of the year, I told all the women in our sacred sisterhood community and my sons, I said, look, don't rush into this year. Take your time for strategy. 
Let God minister strategy to your soul. Get your strategy right. Get your strategy. Who's a king or a queen without strategy? Get your strategy right. Don't look around at social media. Don't look around at so-and-so's launching this course or so-and-so's doing this or so-and-so's numbers are here. The race is not given to the person who rushes to get there quicker. The race is given to the person who can endure and you have got to flow in a pace that's sustainable for you. I've been in burnout. I've been in a place to where I was so tired and so burned out that I didn't think I would ever speak again, right? And so we have to cultivate a space that is creative. Jesus wasn't in a rush. Gandhi wasn't in a rush. There's power and there's force, right? Gandhi's this little 90 pound man who brings down the entire British government. Do you know what Gandhi did most of the day? He fasted and meditated eight hours a day, fasted and meditated. But when he spoke because he was positioned, not self-promoted, because he was positioned, he was sacredly positioned, not self-promoted, he had power. And so power will always supersede force. You have people out here forcing it, trying to make it happen. And then you have people who are trusting their assignment and they're staying in their lane and they're saying, I'm going at my pace, but I will win because there is a, I want to be positioned by God, not promoted by self. And it's not that you don't have to promote and market your programs and your, your music and your book or whatever you do, but there is a time that you do, divinely align with your destiny where it doesn't feel that forceful. Things come together. Things connect, right? When we are looking at other people, we are driven. Because if you think about, um, you know, John the Baptist, John the Baptist developed this big old crowd. He had this big audience that would come out every day to see him preach with his hippie self, his vegan eating grass. You know, he just, (laughs) he was just doing his thing. When Jesus came, he was like, oh, good, it's you. All right, I can go now. But look at the modern day world of people who build platforms, people who build ministries, they they want that to be them, you know, but when you're a steward over your gift, you don't find your identity in what you do. You find your identity in who you are. If something took away all of this tomorrow, but it left me with my sense of worth, I could get it all back because my worthiness of believing that I deserve to live a life that's a reflection of my truth would cultivate and get that back for me. And, and because I'm not attached My identity is not found in what I do. It's found in who I am. When we base our identity on outward things, titles, roles, comparisons, she has this, I don't have that. Listen, everything is subject to change or loss. I had women who compared themselves with me because I was married. So now am I less than them because I decided to divorce? Am I less than them because in this season it's me and God? And thank God for that. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm so grateful. Am, are we less than because something outside of us changes or do we understand that we are worthy just from who we are, our being? And so when we're competing and comparing ourselves to somebody else, we don't know their pain. We don't know their story. We don't have a right to judge them. We don't have a right to judge God for the way he's blessed them, right? The first will be last and the last will be first. I feel this prophetically. If you feel like you've been passed over, if you feel like you've been last, your time is coming. We just talked about this destiny time. Your time is coming, but can you celebrate your sister? Can you celebrate your brother when you see them winning? All of that energy feeds itself. If I celebrate you for winning, I'm sowing that seed so that other women will celebrate me for for winning. Other men will celebrate me for winning. Now, there will always be people who struggle with this. 
There will always be people who, because they believe in lack and poverty in the spirit, they think from a slave plantation state of mind, if she's winning, I'm losing. They don't believe in the abundance. They don't believe in the beautiful nature of God, that there's more than enough, especially with the way this world is now. There's, there's way more than enough as we become more connected. But follow them home and understand they are all facing a private battle. Follow them home and understand that sometimes what they're showing on social media is not a reflection of their worth, but it's a reflection of their insecurity. An unworthy person needs attention. They need the cheapness of attention versus the value of love. Now, all of us desire to be seen. All of us desire to be validated. All of us desire to be acknowledged in our gifts. That's a God-given desire. There's nothing wrong with you wanting to see a reward and however we measure it, right, in this world. That's a God-given desire to say, God, I want to know I'm making an impact. I need to see my numbers grow. Everything God makes grows. So there's there's a holiness to you wanting to see growth. There is an unholiness to comparing your journey to somebody else's. It will curse your calling. It will diminish your power. It will rob you of your truth. Envy is such a, oh, it's such an ugly emotion. When we were kids, there was a cartoon where there used to be this weed that would choke this flower and this little flower would spring up and she would be so pretty and she had this great face and this weed would come and he would choke her and choke her and choke her and to me that's what envy is it chokes the life out of you it's like putting that's why they show the pictures when they show cartoons of envy the color is green because green symbolizes sickness. When I am looking at somebody else and comparing my life to them, I need to go before God and ask him for healing in my mind. I need to ask him to show me where I'm withholding my gifts. I need to ask him to show me where I've been judgmental or prideful or hateful. Let's be honest, hateful. I can't stand seeing her win. Now, in a practical sense, I think it's wise for a season. While you are building, don't look at everybody else. Because you don't know it took them 10 years to get there. You don't know it took them five generations to get there. You don't know that they've been doing this for six, seven, eight years. And even those people who just blow up and they go viral, trust me, it's all going to even out, right? Scripture says never envy a man who looks like he got wealthy quick, (laughs) right? Desire the character to sustain your wealth and sustain your power. And that's done privately. So when you are privately cultivating your empire or privately cultivating your new thing that you're going to launch, don't look at everybody else. This is a sad time. Like back in the day, I didn't have to know what everybody else was doing unless it came on the news or unless, unless it was in a book. I didn't even know. This can really affect your confidence when you're starting out to look at everybody else. Only follow certain people in your thread or only go in your and look at all of your notifications when you can, right? If you feel strong enough to do it. But as you're developing your trust and your strength in yourself and your trust in the calling of God, focus, focus on you. Compare yourself to what you did yesterday. Compare yourself to getting better and improving your game every single day a little bit, right? Because comparison curses your calling. Don't look to the left at her. Don't look to the right at him. Keep your tunnel eye vision, press forward towards the mark of your high calling and know that even if you're going slow, you will win. Because when you are called, you are set apart. And a called woman or man has nothing to compare their life to because authenticity stands alone. You own your own lane when you know who you are. 
Amen. So our question of the day is, how has a lack of courage kept you confined to your comfort zone? How is a lack of courage? Because remember, like my dog (laughs) and like the pit bull, sometimes when we see somebody soaring, we are lacking the courage to do what they did. And that envy is like a holy little reminder that, wait a minute, I'm made for more and my lack of courage won't let me create it. So this is about releasing the courage to stop the comparisons and for me to create my own calling. So how's the lack of courage kept you confined to your comfort zone, your chains? And what will you do to change that? How's the lack of courage kept you confined to your comfort zone? What will you do to change that? Let's not insult God, our creator, by comparing ourselves to anybody. And again, if we're weak and we're still growing in that area, just stop looking at everybody told the little kids I said gosh when I was a a little girl there was only one cute girl in our class you guys got to look at 20,000 cute girls God bless you that's a lot that's a lot for the mind to take in right let's protect ourselves by not taking in so much of this stuff if need be all right God bless you I will see you tomorrow uh, here on Worthy Radio bye Thank you for joining me today on Worthy Radio. Please feel free to visit us online at shannonyvette.com. My prayer is that you continue to come up higher in personal worthiness and intimacy with God in order to flourish in life and flourish in love.